Welcome to the National Native Network podcast series. Today we're presenting our webinar archive, The Circle of Life Curriculum, Module 3, Treatment. To view the webinar video and additional resources, please visit our website, keepitsacred.org, and click the Resources tab and the Webinar Archive tab. Please enjoy our presentation. Good morning and good afternoon. My name is Joshua Hudson, and I'm the project director for the National Native Network, which is housed at the Intertribal Council of Michigan. Today's webinar is the American Cancer Society's Circle of Life um, Cancer Journey, or um, we also had it labeled as treatment. And today's presenter is Kendra Rowland, MPH. She is the former cancer manager at the American Indian Cancer Foundation and is a MS1 at University of North Dakota. So we're gonna be discussing wellness in our community and discussing more about the cancer journey. There are some handouts available for download in the GoToWebinar bar. And we also have room for questions and for chatting. So if you have questions, feel free to enter them into the chat or question box. And we will review those at the end of the presentation today. So the Circle of Life Initiative um, was started by the American Cancer Society in conjunction with American Indian and Alaska Native Communities, and it centers around healthy habits, cancer screening, cancer journey wellness, and then caregiver support. And so I will hand it over to Kendra Rowland at this point in time. Kendra, you should have keyboard and mouse control. And you should be unmuted. Okay, I'm unmuted. Hi, everybody. Josh, can you show me again? I, I'm not seeing the slides at all. So I want to make sure. I apologize. Oh, apologies. Oh, there we go. But actually, before we get into the session objectives, thanks for reminding me. I have a couple polling questions that I'm going to launch right now. So the first poll question is open. It's asking what your gender is. We have just under 50%. I like to go to at least 60%. So if you haven't voted in the poll, please do so. It's been noted that if you are in full screen mode, you may need to exit full screen mode and uh, vote in the polling. I'll leave it open for another four more seconds. I'm sharing the results right now. We, our audience is 95% female today. So our next polling question, what time zone are you joining from? We have Alaska or Hawaii, Pacific, Mountain, Central, and Eastern. And we're just, I'll leave it open for another few more seconds. Okay. 
I'm sharing the results with you now. The thir with 33%, Central is showing up most. Our next polling question, do you believe that cancer is an issue in your community? I'll leave it open for another few more seconds. Ninety-eight percent of people say that cancer is an issue in their communities. And then this is the last opening polling question. So if you're a CHR or health educator, how long have you been doing this? If you're not a CHR or a health educator, you're you don't need to answer. I'll leave it open for just about four more seconds. All righty. I'm sharing the results right now. The At 29%, one to four years is the top result. All right, so now you should have keyboard and mouse control, Kendra. Um, oh, there we go. Alrighty. Um, thank you everybody for joining today. So we're going to, today we'll be talking about what cancer is and how we can treat it. We'll also be discussing how traditional healing can complement cancer treatment. Um, how can patients take care of themselves during and after cancer treatment? And then also we'll be talking about some of the long-term and late effects cancer treatment can have on survivorship. So, sorry. First, let's just talk about um, celebrating life. I'm, I'm not sure if anyone's aware, but June is uh, Cancer Survivorship Month. So um, we just wanna remind everyone that, you know, eating healthy food, staying active, not drinking excessively, not using commercial tobacco. These are all ways that we can reduce our cancer risk. And a lot of times, um, the sooner cancer is found and treatment can begin, uh, it can increase the chance for um, living longer than if it is caught later. Uh, and that together, we can do everything in our power to help prevent cancer and continue our journeys. So, what is cancer? So cells are the basic building blocks of the body and inside every cell we have DNA. And what the DNA does is it tells it, the cell, how to grow and what it's gonna be doing. Um, a cell can start on the path to becoming a cancer cell when this DNA is damaged. So most of the time when DNA is damaged, the cell will actually fix itself. But if the cell is unable to, it's supposed to um, basically have programmed cell death and it's supposed to die. Um, when it doesn't die is when we get issues like cancer. So cancer begins when that, DM, that damaged DNA is not fixed and the cell doesn't die. Instead, the cell, cell will go on making new cells 
even though the body doesn't need them and there's already damage within those um, damaged cells. So these new cells will have all the same DNA as the original damaged and they'll just continue to grow and um, continue growing. So there's many types of cancer. Uh, they all start because these damaged cells grow out of control and um, create kind of abnormal growths within the body. So, oops, I'm gonna go back here. So again, though, I do wanna preface that just because there's a, a mistake in some of the cell's DNA, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to cause cancer. So a cancer cell has many mistakes in its DNA. Um, having just one mistake doesn't uh, necessarily mean cancer will uh, happen or evolve. So even if someone does inherit you know, a cell that has damaged DNA, uh, there's going to be a lot more mistakes that are needed for um, cancer to develop. And again, uh, like I said earlier, having, you know, practicing healthy lifestyle choices will lower the chance of DNA being damaged and having that possibility of cancer developing. So really, again, um, you know, not sm smoking commercial tobacco, choosing healthy food options, healthy indigenous foods, these can reduce the risk of cancer, um, even with people who have um, genetic predispositions to cancer. So what are some symptoms of cancer? So there's many symptoms. Um, on the slide here, we have weight loss, fatigue, pain, skin changes, lumps, fever. Um, but again, having any of these signs and symptoms doesn't necessarily mean that you have cancer. And there are other things that can also cause these symptoms. symptoms so you need to be really mindful and be proactive in your health. But however, if you do have any of these types of symptoms, you need to uh, reach out and speak with your healthcare provider. Um, and also, you know, we always talk about uh, screening and early detection. So really making sure you're staying up to date on your regular screenings, um, because a lot of times people have cancer and there aren't actually any symptoms. So there are other symptoms of certain types of cancers besides these that are listed on the slide. Uh, for example, change in bowel habits or bladder function, sores that don't heal, white patches in the mouth or on the tongue, unusual bleeding or discharge, indigestion or trouble swallowing, new growths on your skin, recent changes in a wart or mole, or um, nagging cough, a nagging cough or hoarseness. Um, again, these types of symptoms are all reasons to visit a healthcare provider and just remember, you know, take care of yourself. You, no one knows our bodies as best as, as we do. So if you feel like there's a change in something, talk to your provider. So how do you think someone might feel after being diagnosed with cancer? Um, shocked, afraid? Angry, sad, guilty, numb. There's nothing fair about cancer and nobody deserves to have it. Um, a cancer diagnosis is very hard to take and, and having cancer is not easy, we know that. Um, cancer can change so many things in a person's life. Um, a family member or friend 
as a family member or friend, you know, pay close attention if your loved one is visiting a healthcare provider later on, they might need help to remember what was said. Uh, accepting the diagnosis and figuring out what to do can be challenging. During treatment, um, a person may feel optimistic and hopeful, while somebody else may feel, you know, overwhelmed and frustrated. So it's really important to notice feelings about cancer and find ways to understand and deal with them. Emotions can affect how a person looks at themselves, you know, how they view life, and what decisions they may make about their treatment and um, their diagnosis as a whole. So it's also, you know, it's so normal to feel these feelings, uh, you know, being shocked or sad, and, and especially so after the diagnosis and throughout treatment. So I'm gonna just read this uh, quote from, from a cancer survivor. So Dolores says, there is a fear that goes through you when you're told you have cancer. It's so hard in the beginning to think about anything but your diagnosis. It's the first thing you think about every morning. I want people diagnosed with cancer to know it does get better. Talking about your cancer helps you deal with all the new emotions you are feeling. Remember, it's normal to get upset. And again, I think it's really, um, it's normal for not only the person who's being diagnosed, but also you know, their family members, their children, their spouse, their, their friends, for, for them to also feel, you know, these kind of um, different emotions about what's going on with their loved one. And you know, a, a cancer, cancer journey isn't just the person who gets it. It affects all, all of the people, and you really just have to come together as this kind of support unit to help um, the person who's diagnosed. So let's talk about cancer treatment. So we have all kinds of different types of Western medical treatment for cancer. These include surgery, radiation therapy, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, targeted ther therapy, and hormone therapy. So the treatment choices that are available to someone depends on the type of cancer, how advanced it is, and then other factors like age, health status, or um, just personal preference. So two or more kinds of treatment can be given at the same time or used one after another. So for example, surgery may be used to take out or remove um, some kind of cancerous tissue and then radiation or x-ray rays, which can come from a machine or any type of radioactive implant could then be used to kill cancer cells uh, in certain areas of the body. And then again, chemotherapy or other types of drugs can be used to go through the entire body to kill um, cancer cells. So the ones that, that are listed here on the screen, these are the most common types of cancer treatments. But again, as treatments, treatment advances are made, there's more treatments that have come up. So, you know, hormone therapy, biological immunotherapy, and even targeted therapies are being used. But again, surgery, radiation, and chemo are some of the um, more common practices. So some kinds of cancers need certain hormones to grow. So hormone therapy can be given to help keep the hormone um, within the body from being formed or to block a, hor a hormone that's um, being used. Immunotherapy is treatment that uses your body's own immune system to help fight cancer. 
Immunotherapy includes um, a wide variety of treatments that work in, in different ways. So some seem to work by boosting the body's immune system, um, and other types of immunotherapies help train the immune system to attack cancer cells specifically. So as researchers have learned more about gene changes in cells that cause cancer, they've been able to develop you know, newer drugs that specific, specifically target these changes. So treatment with these types of drugs is often referred to as targeted therapy. So let's talk about um, surgery as a type of cancer treatment. So one of the ways to find out whether a suggested operation is the best choice for you may be to get the opinion of another surgeon. Getting a second opinion is often a really good way to get just a different perspective on the cancer diagnosis and then possible um, treatment plans or treatment options for the individual. So um, minor operations and tissue samples usually pose less risk than major surgery. Um, complications in major surgical procedures are not common, but can include bleeding, damage to nearby tissues or other organs, drug reactions or pain, uh, infection, blood clots, or slow recovery or long-term effects from surgery. So again, surgery can help diagnose cancer, find out how far it spread, but then also can be used um, to remove the cancer. So surgery offers the greatest chance for cure for many cancers. Um, some of the questions you may want to ask a health provider uh, regarding surgery as treatment as a treatment option is, you know, why am I having this operation? Is there any other way to treat this cancer? And then kind of, you know, what can I expect afterwards? The next type of treatment we will talk about is radiation therapy. Um, radiation therapy is the use of radiation to treat cancer and other problems. Um, special equipment, usually it sends high doses of radiation uh, and, and it's very targeted to kill the cancer cells or tumor within a person's body. Um, so radiation therapy is given two ways, uh, from a machine outside of the body. You'll see the photo there, how they have, um, looks like they're doing it on the stomach there, but they cover the rest of the body so that it, it can um, not be affected as much. or you can have it from an object or pellets that are basically put inside of you. So radiation treatments are usually given um, five days a week for one to 10 weeks. The number of treatments a person needs depends on the size and the type of the cancer they have, where the cancer is located, and how healthy that person is, and then any other medical treatments they may currently be getting. So Patients are often given a rest break on weekends so that their normal cells can repair themselves. Um, external radiation therapy is like getting an x-ray. It's painless. It usually takes a few minutes. Um, it does take time to get the machine set up. So the session, radiation session may last you know, 15 to 30 minutes. The radiation is aimed at the tumor from the machine. Um, and it's often given in kind of a walk-in clinic setting, which means that the patient uh, doesn't have to be admitted to the hospital to get their treatment. Um, 
Another, the other type of radiation therapy um, is when, like I said, you put the object or pellets inside of you, so they, they're radioactive. And um, this is referred to as internal radiation therapy. So internal meaning inside of you. And this type of treatment allows the doctor to give a large amount of radiation to, your, to the cancer cells. Um, the radioactive source, which might look like a wire, pellet, or seed, comes in a small sealed container, which is called an implant. This implant's put into or near the tumor, um, and the radiation travels a very short distance then to where it needs to go to treat that cancer. Um, it can be left in place forever or just kind of for a short time. So if it is left in your body, the implant will stop giving off the radiation after um, a certain period of time. And then other times the implants are removed after um, a certain amount of radiation has been given to a patient. The next type of um, treatment we're gonna talk about is chemotherapy. Chemotherapy or chemo is the use of strong drugs to kill cancer cells. Um, your provider will choose these um, medical drugs based on the type of cancer you have and the stage that, that has been determined. And again, um, chemotherapy is often used to fight cancers that have spread um, to other parts of the body. So um, additionally, chemo can be used to keep the cancer from spreading, slow, um, slow the cancer's growth, uh, relieve symptoms such as pain or blockages caused by cancer, or um, cure the cancer entirely. So most, most chemo drugs are given um, in the following ways. So uh, sometimes chemo is delivered as a pill or a liquid. Uh, the patient would just swallow that um, as the healthcare provider kind of prescribes it. They can take it home, um, but then they just need to really be careful and follow the prescription guidelines and the directions. Um, other times chemo can be given like a flu shot. So the shots are given in the medical office, the hospital, the clinic, or at home. But most often, chemo drugs are put into the vein through a needle or a tiny plastic tube called a catheter. This is called intravenous chemo. I know this is probably what a lot of us think when we uh, think of chemotherapy. We've, we've seen our friends, our relatives go to the hospital, sit there for you know, however many hours to uh, get their chemo and then go home. Um, other types of chemo can be put right into the spine, the chest, or the belly or abdomen, or even rubbed on the skin. So in terms of frequency, a person can get chemo, you know, once a day, once a week, or even once a month. It depends, again, on the type of cancer and what type of drugs the person is getting. So, Chemo is also usually given with breaks um, between treatment cycle. This break will gives the body time to rebuild healthy new cells. Um, it helps a person regain their strength. Um, how long a person gets chemo really is dependent, again, on the type of cancer, what the goal for treatment is, um, and then also how the body or the patient responds to the drugs. So sometimes we know that patients only need chemo as their treatment. More often, it's a part of a treatment plan that also includes um, surgery or radiation therapy. So here's why. So 
Chemo can be used to shrink the tumors, but it won't get rid of the tumors entirely. So they have to do chemo to shrink it, and then they have surgery to remove that tumor or radiation. Um, other times it can be used after somebody's had surgery or radiation therapy to help kill any cancer cells that are left after those, uh, after the surgery has occurred. And then other times it can just be used with other treatments if the cancer comes back. So let's talk about treatment plans. So what should you ask a healthcare provider about your treatment plans? Um, these are the things that our loved ones, our friends, our patients um, should be asking, you know, what kind of treatment do I need? Are there any other ways to treat the cancer that I have? What can I expect after each treatment? Um, how can how can I contact you if I have questions? You know, am I, do I call the physician? Do I call the nurse? Is there um, a navigator or a CHR, somebody who I can call to ask questions? So um, these are all things that we, as providers or people who come in contact with patients that we should be thinking about as well. So the treatment plan is usually just a really brief record of what the cancer treatment um, will be for a patient. So it includes ways to, you know, manage information about the type of cancer you have, the type of treatment you're going to be getting, and then it tells you about your cancer care team. So your oncologists, your nurses, you know, all of these people who are there, you know, part of a coordinated care team to help you. Um, and after treatment ends, it's really important to talk with your cancer care teams for treatment summaries and survivorship care planning. Um, in the treatment summary, usually a member from the cancer team that you're working, that's working with you can talk about, you know, the cancer type and the staging, um, the number of doses, the doses of chemotherapy you received, specific drugs that, that were used during treatment, the number of treatment cycles that you completed, um, additional surgeries you may have had to remove cancerous tissue, and then any additional treatment that was given, you know, those things like radiation therapy, hormone therapy, targeted therapy, those types of things. Uh, it's really important to keep this information for, for the rest of your life. Um, you can share copies when you see new healthcare providers in the future, but always making sure that you have this information because when you um, come, up, come to a new primary doc or have to have something done, they're going to want this information. So survivorship care plans provide guidelines for follow-up care to maintain good health after um, treatment has occurred. So this would include, you know, what type of screening and surveillance. So how often do you need to come back in to see your, your oncologist or your provider? Um, and it can really help improve the quality of care as you move beyond cancer treatment. Um, so a treatment summary and survivorship care plan is a tool to give basic information about your cancer, cancer treatment and then recommended follow-up care to future um, providers who will care for you during your lifetime. So let's jump in and talk about clinical trials. So what do people believe about clinical trials? Um, so here's just a few things about clinical trials. Um, people will have access to quality care. You, if you start and are a part of a clinical trial, you can stop it at any time. 
And really the reason that we have clinical trials is to help scientists study cancers in um, our tribal communities, other um, ethnic communities as well that can help lead to better care and more targeted therapy like we talked about earlier on. So again, um, you know, some tribes require that you seek permission if you're um, receiving um, financial help from the tribe during your treatment. So they may ask that you um, get permission to take part in a clinical trial. But again, some tribes um, may not and others may not even allow this. It really is dependent on your tribe, your cultural beliefs, and, and how you feel about clinical trials. So Again, clinical trials are um, ways that scientists look at new cancer treatments. Um, they compare them to current treatments and are constantly trying to find better ways um, to treat those who have cancer. Um, clinical trial treatments can be given in a healthcare provider's office, a clinic, a cancer center, or a hospital. Uh, and then also it's just, it's important to know and understand the benefits and risks of taking part in a clinical trial and that, you know, um, you know what you're signing up for because, and I think that a lot of cancer centers and the people who run these clinical trials are very upfront and, you know, very forthcoming about um, what a patient may be signing up to, to do. And again, just remembering that no matter what, even if you've signed up, you can always um, stop being a part of that clinical trial at any time. I've got another quote here um, for Story of Hope. So Judith, who's a caregiver, says, no question is too, too small or too silly to ask. I never was afraid to call the doctor or staff with questions about anything, even questions about our bills and insurance. I found that our doctor and his staff were willing to answer any question. So if you're a caregiver and you're, you're caring for someone who has cancer, be sure that you know how to reach, as a caregiver, that you know how to reach the doctor or the cancer treatment team on the nights, weekends, holidays, whatever it is, make sure you know how you, you can get a hold of them if, if you need them. And that as a caregiver, you know, going to appointments with the patient to see the cancer team is a good way to learn about their treatment, you know, the care they're getting, and really just making sure you're staying informed and writing things down or asking those questions that are um, hard for the patient to ask and just, you know, being there as a, a support. And then also making sure that um, your loved one or your, the patient that you're a caregiver for has signed a special consent form, letting the healthcare provider um, be able to actually talk to you as the caregiver about that patient's illness, their care, their treatment plans, all of that. So we're going to talk about um, side effects of cancer treatment. So surgery, sometimes we'll see pain at the sites of the incisions, infections after surgery, reactions to anesthesia. For radiation, you may see side effects like fatigue, changes in skin. I've seen um, a lot of people that skin change, it, it looks like a burn and it, it, it can blister or become very um, 
painful for the patient, uh, loss of appetite, lymphedema. And then for chemotherapy, we see side effects, you know, nausea and vomiting, hair loss, memory changes. Uh, a lot of people refer to it as chemo brain, uh, bone marrow changes, mouth and skin changes, emotional changes, uh, changes in their sex life, and also fertility problems can also be side effects. And again, um, I'm going to advance the slide, but we will cover more on this as we uh, kind of round out the rest of this presentation. So let's talk about fatigue. Um, this is a really big side effect, and a lot of people um, experience this when they're being treated for cancer. So fatigue is the feeling of being tired physically, mentally, emotionally. You know, only the patient really knows uh, how, how bad it is and what it feels like. There aren't lab tests or x-rays that can diagnose fatigue or even describe the level of fatigue that a patient is feeling. So the best measure comes from that patient or the person's own report to their healthcare provider. Oftentimes, physical activity can help prevent or reduce fatigue levels of a patient. And again, good nutrition um, you know, and getting enough rest are really important. But most people will still need help with meals, errands, and other work things. So again, that, that's where that support system comes in and where as caregivers, um, you know, friends and loved ones, we can help lift up our, our, our loved ones while they go through a cancer diagnosis and treatment. So um, somebody who's getting treatment should talk to their healthcare provider so he or she can help them decide how they can manage fatigue. But again, uh, fatigue is one of the biggest side effects of um, all of the types of cancer treatments. So cancer pain facts. So pain may go along with cancer, but this is not always true. Keeping pain from starting and keeping it from getting worse are the best ways to control it. And as a cancer patient, you have a right to ask for pain relief. So again, let's, um, in terms of pain, not all patients with cancer will have pain. But again, there will be a lot who, who do have that pain and need to have it managed so that they can still maintain a high quality of life. Um, healthcare providers need enough information to assess the level of pain. Most providers will ask a patient to rate their pain on a scale of 0 to 10. 0 meaning you have no pain, 10 meaning that person is at the highest level of discomfort from pain. It might take a few tries to get pain under control, so it's really important to report back to the healthcare provider on how well the pain management and treatment is working for a patient. And again, remember that you know a person's pain levels can change over time. So you may start one type of pain management treatment, you know, cycle, and then it may change. So those medicines and the way that you're managing pain that's going to change too. So it's just always making sure that we're talking to our providers, we're talking to those around us and being very upfront with, you know, our level of pain and what we need to continue to um, live a good quality of life. So, um, sorry, I got to go back one. So pain medicine, um, just a few side notes. People who take cancer pain medicines, um, the way the healthcare provider or nurse tells them to, 
very rarely will become addicted to those pain management, um, those pills. Uh, most people do not get high or lose control when they take cancer pain medicine um, the way that they're told to. So as long as you're really following what the doctor is prescribing, there shouldn't be any um, fear of becoming addicted or getting high. So some of the side effects, side effects from pain medicine can be managed and often present, prevented. And, you know, the body will not become immune to pain medicine, just a side note. So let's talk about palliative care. So palliative care is care for adults and children with serious illness, focusing on relieving suffering, improving quality of life, um, but it's not intended to cure the disease itself. So palliative care provides patients of any age or disease stage with relief from symptoms, pain, stress, and it should be provided along with curative treatment if possible. So again, the main purpose of palliative care is to improve quality of life. It's best to at least start a discussion about palliative care early either at or not long after a person is diagnosed. It's most often given along with cancer, cancer treatments. It's important to realize that maintaining a patient's quality of life is another important goal in the treatment plan. This is true regardless of whether a person's treated um, to try and cure the cancer or if the cancer is too advanced to be cured at that point. Um, if the goal of treatment is a cure, palliative treatments can help ease those symptoms from the main cancer treatment itself. And if the cancer is advanced, palliative treatment may play a larger role in helping to keep that person more comfortable, maintaining quality of life for as long as possible. Again, palliative care is often used um, by itself if cancer treatment no longer works. Um, so when might someone consider palliative care? So if they're experiencing side effects of cancer treatment, if they're losing more and more energy, you know, fatigue is at an all-time high, and if they're spending more and more time in bed. So side effects and distress can, can increase to the point when someone is just, you know, having a really hard time even doing daily tasks. Palliative care does not mean the person is giving up, but that they are choosing to achieve the best quality of life for them and their family. You know, we have to respect and honor people's choices and how a person's treated for a serious illness is very personal and that person and their family should make the choices that are best for them and for their long-term kind of out outlook and, and goals. So a lot of people can live many years with advanced cancer. Keep in mind that any prediction is really only an educated guess and that no one ever really knows how long a person's gonna live. Palliative care can help families and friends um, with feeling overwhelmed, managing other obligations, providing care for loved ones, and helping those loved ones with medical problems and emotions like worry and fear. Again, palliative care is something that's specialized based on what the, the patient needs and it's meant to improve the quality of life. So it can address physical, emotional, spiritual, and social needs of a person from the time of diagnosis to the end of life. And really, again, palliative care is to relieve those symptoms, you know, lessen the fatigue, get rid of the pain, 
get rid of the nausea um, when somebody's going through treatment to cure cancer or to address their emotional suffering when they're told they have cancer or it's getting worse, they're, they're not able to treat it anymore. Palliative care has some things in common with hospice, but they are not the same. So both focus on improving the quality of life of a person, but palliative is given throughout a person's entire illness, whereas hospice is given at end of life. Um, palliative and hospice care both can be used to address quality of life um, concerns for people with progressive or debilitating illnesses. And again, hospice care includes palliative care, but so does active treatment. So um, again, we think of palliative care as just trying to increase a uh, person who has been diagnosed with um, increasing their quality of life. Okay, so now we're going to talk about traditional healing. And there are traditional and complementary healing practices that can help relieve cancer symptoms and treatment side effects. So what are some traditional healing practices that you have in your communities? Um, again, American Indian Alaska Native healing traditions have been in practice for hundreds of years in North America. These practices really seek to restore balance and restore a person to healthy, to a healthy and you know spiritually whole state. Um, if somebody's working with a healthcare provider and a traditional healer. It's important that both of these, um, the provider and the traditional healer, uh, work together and know what treatments are being provided. So traditional healing practices define health as a balance within the body. body. Um, and again, the focus on is on treating the whole person to restore that balance. And then when balance is restored, it is believed that the body will be able to heal itself. So traditional and complementary healing practices can help support healing after your treatment. It can help with that fatigue or pain throughout your cancer journey. And it can also support the emotional and spiritual well-being of the patient and the family. And, you know, people turn to alternative therapies when conventional treatment options can't cure or relieve a chronic disorder, you know, things like cancer arthritis, low back pain. Um, alternative medicine practitioners sometimes provide longer appointment times. They give extra attention. Um, alternative medicine is more likely to place emphasis on, again, that whole person and on health rather than the actual disease. So um, most people view alternative therapy as more natural than conventional therapies like chemo, radiation. Um, and then also other people use alternative therapy because friends and family caregivers have tried it or they've recommended it. Um, alternative therapies are not proven to cure serious illness, but they can help a person feel that they've done every they, everything they can to get better and really provide that peace of mind. 
Um, again, it's really up to the person whether they want to use complementary or traditional healing practices. Uh, in a lot of our work, I know we've worked with various cancer centers across the country, but many of them respect our, you know, cultural beliefs. And if a uh, patient wants to bring their, you know, their healer, their medicine man, whoever that may be, usually the cancer center is very open to trying to provide um, complementary treatment that that goes alongside with what your your healer is um, saying. So I want to do a visualization activity. I know we're we're sitting here by our computers, and um, usually we do this as an in-person activity. But so we're just going to kind of try to do it um, in front of the screen. So you know, shut your eyes, take a deep breath, and then clear your mind. Clear your head and I'm just going to read a few words to you. So, all your direct ancestors are standing on your left in a line, starting with your father or your mother, your grandfather, your great-grandfather. All your future direct descendants standing on your right, starting with your son or your daughter, your grandson, your great-grandson, going down the line. These two lines stretch out over the horizon. Imagine being able to send messages to these people, whispering up and down the line. What would you say? Or what would you ask? Just wanna take a, like one minute, think about what you would wanna say or ask your, your, your ancestors. Okay, I'm going to move on now. Let's talk about self-care. So how do you take care of yourself? Taking care of ourselves is obviously very important. Nutrition is an important part of cancer treatment. Eating the right foods during and after treatment can help you feel better, keep you stronger. Um, and it's really important, especially for those who have cancer because um, good nutrition, um, it's often affected, you know, our appetites are affected by treatments. So cancer and cancer treatments can affect the body's ability to tolerate foods and use nutrients. So not everybody has nutrition related side effects. The nutrient needs of people with cancer can vary from person to person, um, your healthcare provider and a registered dietitian, if available, can help you identify your nutrition goals and plan ways to help you meet them. Again, as we talk about um, the importance of self-care, let's talk about caring for our bodies. So what are some healthy foods that bring you comfort? Things to think about. When somebody is coping with cancer, cancer treatment, or caring for someone with cancer, what to eat could be the furthest thing that they're thinking about right then. But eating well is very important. Um, eating, eating can help somebody feel better, keep their strength and their energy up, keep their weight up, keep their body's store of nutrients up, 
you know, be able to tolerate treatment-related uh, side effects, decrease the risk of infection, heal and recover faster, and eating healthy is an important part of self-care. So let's talk about self-care. We care for our mind. So good self-care, taking an active role in treatment and follow-up and focusing on the important things in life, doing those things that bring joy, can help people cope with cancer. So these ideas can help someone get the support they need from other, others. We talk about caring for the spirit. So spirituality can be a source of great strength for people, walking in nature, dancing. Uh, a lot of this can improve somebody's sense of well-being. Music, art, other creative ways of self-expression can really be helpful um, in caring for the spirit. So how do we take care of stress? For some people, cancer treatment is obviously very difficult and it can be very distressing. Um, caring for somebody with cancer is distressing. So there are signs and symptoms can be warning that sadness and stress levels are too high or becoming serious. Um, if you or a family member is having some of these, you know, signs and symptoms of not being able to eat, losing interest or pleasure in things that you used to enjoy, having trouble thinking, concentrating, having trouble sleeping. Um, these are times when you should talk to your healthcare provider. Healthcare professionals and traditional healers realize that feeling sad or overwhelmed is a part of having cancer and it should be treated along with the physical and symptoms, physical symptoms of cancer. So let's talk about after treatment. The phase of the cancer journey that begins after initial treatment ends is referred to as survivorship, but many people consider it to start when they're diagnosed. So cancer survivors can, can continue to experience a variety of long-term effects resulting from treatment. Late effects may also occur years after a treatment has begun. So here's, this is just the survivorship care continuum. And that's that talking about the idea of it goes from, you know, detection, diagnosis, treatment, survivorship, prevention. It's a cycle. Um, survivorship, cancer survivors, families, and caregivers should understand that cancer survivorship is managed. It can be managed just like, you know, other chronic illnesses like diabetes or heart disease. And survivors have unique needs that can be addressed through follow-up by primary care providers or other health professionals. Um, cancer survivors should really strive to maintain healthy weights, um, get regular physical activity, and really just, um, you know, limiting our alcohol intake, not smoking commercial tobacco, and maintaining those healthy weights. That can be really important as a survivor as well. Let's talk about long-term and late-term late -term effects of treatment. So as we transition from tr um, treatment, sometimes patients may feel lost and have concerns about how they move forward with their life. Um, what's the new normal? So cancer survivors should talk with and visit with the cancer care team. This will happen less often since they're not in active treatment they might feel like they're alone because of that. And so it's really important for those survivors to be aware of some of these long-term and late effects that can result from treatments. Um, again, some of these are just, you know, with surgery, having 
consistent pain, sexual alterations, incontinence. With radiation, we see a lot of fatigue, you know, cataracts, infertility, intestinal problems, uh, second cancers. And then chemotherapy, we see things like fatigue, early, early onset of menopause, sexual dysfunction, neuropathy. Again, we talk about that chemo brain, kidney failure. And then immunotherapy, we talk about um, intestinal problems, liver dysfunction, kidney dysfunction. There are so many uh, long-term and late effects that can happen after a person's done with treatment. Just making sure that an individual is staying really proactive in monitoring these types of things and getting the help that they need um, right away versus waiting. So that is towards the end. I just want to talk about a few key messages that we talked about. I know this has been a lot of information to take in today, but again, those can um, the type of cancer treatments, we see a lot of surgery, radiation, and therapy, always dependent on the type and the stage of the cancer. If somebody has side effects, um, there are ways to help them feel better. Eating healthy foods and staying physically active during, before, during, and after can always make somebody feel better. Oops. Um, life changes for caregivers who help their loved ones um, through cancer journeys. Everybody copes differently. The caregiver is a critical part of the healthcare team. Again, when sadness, anxiety, or stress is a serious problem, seek help. You have so many people who um, are part of your cancer care team and are there to help you. Uh, cancer survivorship begins from diagnosis and, and it's an entire continuum again. Uh, and then it's important for cancer survivors to understand those long-term and late effects that can occur after treatment and thus to know, you know, to talk with your healthcare provider about those issues. So here's some information about, uh, you know, taking action and getting support. The American Cancer Society provides cancer, cancer information, day-to-day -day help and emotional support. You can call the phone number uh, listed um, to talk to a, a cancer information specialist. And um, additionally, uh, ACAF, the American Indian Cancer Foundation and the National Native Network, Indian Health Services, we all offer information about cancer treatment, um, there are cancer resources on all of our websites. Um, we all, ACAP and the network, we do a lot around bringing awareness to specific cancers during Cancer Awareness Month, specifically uh, June, again, is Cancer Survivorship Month. And again, the American Indian Cancer Foundation just started their first ever virtual cancer, online cancer support group. So if you are a patient, a caregiver, a family member, please reach out to health at ACAF, A-I-C-A-F org, if you'd be interested in joining the virtual cancer support group. Um, again, all kinds of resources. There's um, a lot of handouts linked within the uh, control panel here. Also visit our websites for more information about cancer treatment um, and different resources that we offer. And again, just remember, you know, healthy lifestyles can help reduce our, our cancer risks. It's never too late to make a change. Talk to your provider about um, screening and early detection. It really can save your life. 
uh, and together we can do everything in our power to help prevent cancer and continue our journeys. Um, if we have a few minutes here, um, does anybody have questions? While we wait for some questions, I have some more polling questions. This is Josh again. So the first question is now open. Common treatments for cancer include, and we are at just below half percent, uh, just below 50% participation. So if you have not voted in the poll, please do so. Alrighty, I'll close it and I will share it. The correct answer is D, all of the above. Uh, appropriate treatments for cancer is surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation. I'm launching our second poll question. Side effects of cancer treatment may include, I can't read it all right now because I don't, I don't see the same screen that all of you do, but. Alrighty, I'll keep it open for another five more seconds. Okay, I'll share them. So side effects of cancer treatment may include fatigue, pain, nausea, and hair loss. And uh, overwhelmingly, uh, people selected true, uh, and that is the appropriate answer. Number three, palliative care is used to We're still less than 50%, so I'll leave it open for another little while longer. I'll leave it open for four more seconds. Okay, so this one was quite a spread, um, but 46% uh, selected help patients and their families to manage from diagnosis onward, um, and that is the appropriate response. So question number four, it's not important to tell your cancer care team that use traditional or complementary therapies in addition to your medical treatment for cancer. We're still less than half. Okay, I'll leave it open for five more seconds. Alrighty, I'm sharing their responses. Uh, the appropriate answer was B, false. Um, it is very important that 
if you or someone you know is receiving cancer care treatment and they are also using traditional medicines or complementary complementary therapies that they do need to tell their providers because sometimes there's interactions and it's important for your healthcare team to know. So I'm launching our fifth question. Eating healthy during cancer treatment can help cancer patients. And then there's four responses. We're still less than half engaged. So if you haven't voted, please do so. I'll leave it open for five more seconds. Okay, I'm sharing the response now. We had 100% say all of the above, which is the correct answer. And the final polling question that I'm asking, cancer survivors may experience a variety of long-term and or late effects after cancer treatment. We're still less than half engaged, so if you have not answered yet, please do so. I will leave it open for five more seconds. Okay, and I'm sharing the results now. The results, 100% uh, true, which is the appropriate answer. All right, well, we have reached our time there. Um, There is a question. My question is about what resources are available to ensure patients keep all their records on hand. Um, I, I think one of the best ways to ensure that um, patients are able to keep all the records on hand um, sometimes might just be an old fashioned filing system mm -hmm. um, so that you can bring a file with you and you can consult if there is questions by your provider or your team. Um, and I would also be sure to look up information around um, survivorship and resources uh, because there are often um, lists or ideas of how to keep your um, information and your records on hand, either with you at appointments or um, at home. So there are a variety of um, tools available. Yep, and I, can I just add to that? Um, the American Indian Cancer Foundation is currently finalizing an advanced care planning booklets, um, similar to kind of like a little folder, and it has little spots where they can write in um, the treatments they did, uh, you know, thoughts, things like that. So um, if you just keep an eye out on the ACAF website, www.aicaf.org, um, that should be available here within the next month um, for people to utilize. And then um, another question, Kendra, are there any current sources of funding to assist tribes with community-based cancer programs? Yes. Um, if you can reach out to your state comprehensive cancer control programs, they usually offer um, any entity within that state uh, funding opportunities. Additionally, ACAF will, we are, we are only funded currently to provide uh, assistance to urban American Indian communities to do cancer control work. But if you reach out to health at acaf.org, that's an email, 
uh, with a question or asking for something, our team can certainly point you in the right direction for funding. All right, well, that seems to be the majority of the questions um, that need answering. I do want to remind everybody that CEUs are not, be off are not being offered for this presentation um, and certificates will be emailed within two days. You will receive a follow-up email within two hours that gives you information on where to access the archived webinar from today. So thank you all for attending. To view full webinar video and additional resources, please visit our website, keepitsacred.org, and click the Resources tab and the Webinar Archive tab. Thank you for listening to this Webinar Archive presentation from the National Native Network.